All right, guys, welcome to Friday night. Great to see everybody on. And uh, we have uh, Andrew and Hector here, um, as well as some special guests with us tonight, Juliet, Aurora, and Steve Lotz here with us. Thank you, Juliet and Steve, for joining us tonight. Our pleasure. Our pleasure. At Great. least it is so far, anyway. <laughs> yeah, we hope it stays pleasurable for the next hour. And if it doesn't, you're more than welcome to, to jump off and go to bed. <laughs> Thank you, Michael. Appreciate that. Um, and yeah, it, this is great. And Hector, you, you wanted to just jump in real quick and say hello. You're in a special place right now. Yeah, so it's 8.30 p.m. on the West Coast. I'm in Bend, Oregon. My first time in Oregon. I'm in a T-Sheets, uh, QuickBooks influencer retreat i'm not sure what the exact name is it's really really cool and the only reason why i'm doing it is to give you guys fomo but uh, i'll let you guys talk and uh i'll step out uh juliet and steve welcome to the show and thank you for coming in thanks hector it works awesome. for me i've got fomo <laughs> have fun hector have fun at the, at the party say hello to anybody we may know and Get some more guests on the show here. <laughs> so this is great. So, uh, well, Juliet and Steve, I, I, I'm, I'm so glad you get to join. I've, I've had the privilege of interacting with each of you, um, either on the phone or in person. And Juliet, I got some time with you at the accounting salon, which was great uh, before your big Europe trip. So, yeah. <laughs> so that was that was really really great. Um, but for, you know, and, and I know the Canadian audience and our Canadian fans that watch and listen are very familiar with both of you. Um, uh, but maybe our U.S. fans may be less familiar or some may or may not know about you. So, yeah, I'd love to have you guys just do a quick introduction of yourselves, however order you want to go. Maybe your, you know, your one minute introduction um, that can give the, each of yourselves um, to our audience. Well, it's, it's always ladies first, Michael. So uh, <laughs> Juliet, you go for it. Okay. Um, so as, as Michael mentioned, we are in Canada, uh, in Burlington, probably about 45 minutes west of Toronto. Uh, we run a bookkeeping firm called AIS Solutions and an educational um, network called Ninja. So you may have seen our little Ninja mascot on social media. Hopefully you have. Um, we are a team of 12, primarily do bookkeeping and um, conversions and training. No tax. We are not tax people at all and, and uh, are, are happy to stay that way. <laughs> um, and Michael, we actually even share a client. We have a mutual client where we're looking after the Canadian division of our client and Michael look at, is looking after the U.S. division of our client, which is pretty awesome. So it's great to be able to collaborate. Appreciate you having us here and I will turn it over to Steve. That's probably my minute. Sure. No, that was uh, actually, it was about 32 seconds, but okay. uh, I, I'm sweet. Happy. Not, not that I was counting at all, but I will absolutely take it over. And for those of you who don't know, uh, Juliet and I are business partners, uh, but we are also life partners, which may explain some of the interaction that uh, yes. goes on uh, between us that <laughs> is perhaps not completely normal for business partners, but that's uh, the way it is. Um, so yes, uh, I'm not sure what else to say, Juliet. You sort of covered everything 
uh, there. Oh, but, 32 uh, seconds. That's awesome. That, that is, you were not usually that uh, succinct, but uh, congratulations on that. That was, <laughs> I was very impressed. I appreciate that. Well, well Andrew, how, how, why don't you tell us a little bit about how, how did you get to know Juliet and Steve? You probably got to meet them before I, I heard about them. And I, I heard, I heard about you guys because you, you won the global firm of the future um, a couple years ago. And so that's how I, that's how I heard about you guys. But, uh, but uh, Andrew, how, how did you, how did you get to meet Julia and Steve? I think I first got to meet Juliet and Steve through Steve, actually. This goes back. Um, to Andrew, we've college. never met. Andrew, we've never met. <laughs> we've never met. <laughs> this is a complete hoax. Okay. <laughs> but go right ahead. Go right ahead. Uh, so this, I, my version of the story, my version of events is that um, we were at QuickBooks Connect, the Canadian version, back when it was called Thrive. Um, and I was doing a presentation on social media. And I think it was maybe Jeff Bourgeois or someone said, you've got to meet Steve. If you're into social media and you're into marketing, you've got to meet Steve. Steve's like a guru at this stuff. So I got to have a conversation with Steve for the very first time. And obviously we've had, hung out at multiple QB Connects, QB Connect <laughs> Toronto, QB Connect Vancouver. Um, yeah. So through the through the Intuit family, we've got to know each other, um, you know, over the years, and it's it is an amazing story. The relationship that you guys have and the business that you guys have built, um, you know, one of the things that that Juliet did not mention um, is one that you guys were the winners of the Firm of the Future last year, which I think most people do know. Um, it, two, the book that you guys have out, Ninja Way, which I think is uh, pretty yes, yes. Uh, our book. Uh, <laughs> amazing um and i don't are you guys ready to talk about what you guys been working on and the beta project that you were doing yeah absolutely it, the beta is done so yeah absolutely it's going to be so, launching live um yeah. so that's my baby i'll i'll talk about it even though it has nothing to do with what you guys brought us on here for which was hiring um so a big challenge for us in moving from our desktop world, which is what we primarily were, um, into the cloud world was getting our team up to speed. Mm. And I remember sitting across from um, my rep, uh, Brad Hull from Intuit, um, as well as Jeff Cates at the time. And that was the first time I met Jeff Cates, even though I didn't know who he was. I thought he was just a sales manager. Um, and basically- perhaps, perhaps our American friends have no idea who Jeff Cates was. Okay, so Jeff Cates was the president of Intuit Canada at the time. Um, and they, they were um, making the move and making the push, you know, for everyone to move to QuickBooks Online. And I remember sitting across from them and telling them that, you know, there's no way we're ever moving to QBO um, because who's going to train my team? It's what, who, you know, where's the downtime going to come from? My team is already so busy. How are we going to make this switch? And you know, who's going to spend the money to bring my team up to speed? They know desktop inside and out can do it in their sleep. Never say never. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So never, uh, apparently, and I told them never, I'm never moving to QuickBooks online because we were hosting QuickBooks desktop. Um, and I, and so I told them, I said, well, we have everything that QBO offers at the time. Um, so never is apparently six months. Um, <laughs> attended uh, QB Connect in San Jose and came back and said to our team, we're moving to QBO. Um, but it was a real struggle to, to get them excited about it. Um, we came back excited, but they weren't at the conference with us. 
And so they didn't know, they didn't know what we, what we had seen as, and th this was the future. Um, and so we came back and started embracing QBO, switched our books over and then started taking clients over. Um, and what year was that? Um, 2014. Okay. Okay. That was early. That was, uh, yeah, this yeah, was five first years ago. Connect. Yeah. It was the very yeah. first TV Connect. So I think it was 2014. That's great. Um, and so they had said, when we have a, a weekly meeting where we sit around, um, update everybody on, you know, new clients that have come on board. And whenever I said we got a new QBO client, nobody in the room would meet my eyes because nobody wanted the client. And so I realized that this was going to be a real challenge. And so we started to make the transition of having um, weekly sessions in our office about QBO, you know, what the, what it's doing, what, how it's different from um, desktop, as well as, you know, what the advantages were. And if I fast, and we did that probably every week for about six months, fast forward six months, we were still taking on desktop clients at the time. And I would say, okay, we have a new desktop client and nobody would meet my eyes because nobody wanted the desktop clients. Now they all <laughs> wanted the QBO client. That's great. <laughs> but it was a real struggle to get them up to speed. And, and it was a big investment on our time of, you know, from money resources. Um, we weren't able to handle a lot of clients because our team didn't have the knowledge. So I was going to say, you know, long story short, but I think that I've already surpassed that. <laughs> so um, what we've launched um, or are in the process of launching. I guess it, it went live on Monday, I believe. Steve, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it went Monday. Um, I would never correct you, Juliet. What, whatever you say, <laughs> what happened? Yeah. <laughs> so it's called the Ninja 90 program. And basically what it is, it's an employee 90 day training program that from, we walk your employee through from start to finish over 90 days and at the end of the 90 days, they have um, four external certifications. So HubDot, Pluto, Receipt Bank, and WagePoint, which is we, what we use for payroll, um, as well as their QBO certified, basic, and advanced at the end of the 90 days. So it's a weekly um, course that they take. Basically, it's videos that they watch there, and they're productive within your firm within at the end of the first week. So you don't That's have great. the downtime. Um, and someone else is training them because usually most of us hire when we're swamped and we have no time to train anybody. And, uh, and so that's launching. It's called the Ninja 90 program. Sorry, that's that's really great. Short. And so it has a, has a, a ring to a, uh, I don't know if this famous, I don't know if this is a famous workout program in the, in, in, in the Canada, but in the U S there's a famous workout program called the P90X program. Oh, is it? Okay. It's pretty, pretty, pretty popular here. Um, so it has a big, nice ring to it. The, the uh, Ninja 90 program. That's awesome. Um, and, and it sounds like you've targeted towards the Canadian CPA or accounting market because we don't obviously use Pluto that much here. And we also don't use wage, wage point is not actually that well known here. Um, so it sounds like it's it, it's targeted towards. I mean, yeah, of course, a U.S. firm could use it, but it seems like it's targeted towards a Canadian an audience for now. For now, it is yes, but that isn't the goal. The goal is to also roll it out in the U.S. Yeah, um, we're looking for U.S. partners who want to work with us because we don't necessarily know the U.S. tax side. So if anyone's interested, 
reach out. We're happy to. And, and we, we don't want to limit ourselves to North America. It is limited to the English speaking world. Yes, that, that will be the goal. Yeah. And a big part of the program, too, is, I mean, I, I would imagine it could be easily uh, altered to different apps because a big part of it covers the fundamentals of bookkeeping, which, you know, we all assume everyone has, but there's a huge difference between practical experience um, and, you know, book knowledge. And yeah. I think that what you guys did really well, because I was one of the people that went through the beta, what you guys did really well is you made this real world examples. Um, we there's a there's a there's a company that you go through. It's I guess probably a white labeled or clean client or whatever it is. But there's this sample client, and you go through the journey of the entire process just like it was a real client. And and like you said, the beauty of the program is it's not just like okay, we're going to take you through training. We're actually going to get you doing this and then getting into work and being productive in the organization. So we give you a baby step which is the bare minimum you need to know to be able to actually come back into the organization and do something that's part of the process that I can bill for, which is an essential part of the component, right? I mean, as, as entrepreneurs, we need our employees being billable. Yeah. And that was the question we were asked a lot was, so does that mean that my employee can't do anything for 90 days in my firm and that they're just learning? And not at all, because we can't afford that. So <laughs> how can anybody afford that? Um, and the goal is that the end of week one, um, they're able to to start working on client files. That's great. Well, I I love it because you, you guys have built this as practitioners and not as you know not in theory. Yes. Or not as not as you know not as purely academic educators. You've built in, built this as practitioners, so you've been through the ringer on what's worked, what's not worked, yeah. uh, what um, how have you set up you know how you've set up employees in the past for success and how you've failed at doing that as well. And, and we have um, done that as well. Yeah. 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 So it's, that's really, really, really cool. Yeah. So the, this is a, I mean, this is a great segue into the, the topic. Um, I know that um, hiring and hiring for talent is, is in filing for talent culture fit, hiring for your firm is the, you know, one of the top challenges that firms worldwide and including in the U S as well as Canada are saying is the top challenge um, in this year. And, and, in the years to come as unemployment at an all-time low. I'm not sure if it's the same Canada in the U.S. It's all-time low. And uh, and as more opportunities for accountants and bookkeepers and anyone in the accounting profession come come, come up, um, there are opportunities to work remotely now. There are opportunities to work in person. There's opportunities to travel. There's opportunities to work as a global worker where you don't even live in the same country. There's opportunities abound and it seems like the shortage for ta talent um, continues to be there. Um, but I know your firm has worked hard um, at mitigating that by, by being very creative in your process as well as where you hire and how you hire. And we've, we've done the same. And so we thought this talk tonight would be great just to having you guys on and the experience that I've had and, and Andrew's had in regards to hiring um, as well as some of the mistakes made. Um, so, yeah, so it'd be great to hear about that. So I think, you know, uh, maybe segue into the topic of um, hiring, hiring process, you know, hiring for culture fit. Um, why don't you guys just talk a little bit about um, what, what was hiring like, you know, starting out for your firm? And then what is it today? Like, what has it become today um, that you feel, you know, obviously no one has a perfect hiring process, but yeah. Um, what does it seem like 
better today than it was, you know, when you were closest at the time you were starting your firm, when basically you probably took anybody that, you know, you liked or had a heartbeat, you know, so that's yeah. no, yeah. no, very true. I, I mean, sometimes, you know, when I, I heard you say, Michael, you know, you know, you guys won the global firm of the future. And I think to myself, you know, when we actually started working on developing this hiring process, we were so far from being a firm of the future. Uh, I mean, I'm not even sure what we were other than we were like a lot of other small businesses, not just in our industry, but, it, you know, in all industries, you know, we were a mess. I mean, we were overwhelmed. We were frustrated. We were, this is now maybe back in about 2010, 2011. And, um, you know, we were hiring people, they were leaving, we're getting new clients, their clients were leaving. I mean, it was just um, like we were on that, uh, I guess, the famous wheel where we were just running and scrambling. And it just, you know, I think every second Friday night, you know, Juliet and I'd be having a glass of wine going, you know, why don't we just shut this thing down? I mean, this is just <laughs> no fun at all. Um, and uh, so we made the decision, I guess, back in 2011, I'm going to say, um, to hire a business coach. And um, one of the first things our business, which is, is probably one of the smarter decisions we ever made, but one of the most important things the business coach wanted to do for us immediately was we needed to gain control of our business because we we didn't have control of it at that point. And one of the, the biggest challenges was hiring and finding good people. And so he introduced us to a process at that time um, because and it was called the four hour hiring process. And uh, four hours because it literally took about four hours from start to finish of the business owner's time. And for anyone who's ever been through this process, right, one of the biggest challenges, if you were actually the person doing it, you're reading resumes, you're putting your ad out there, you're doing interviews, it is just a nightmare in terms of the amount of time it takes you. Um, and then you go through all that, you hire someone, then a week later, you realize you hired the wrong person um, and you got to start all over again. And you don't want to start all over again because you just went through it and it just didn't work. So we were just thrilled with the idea of, wow, four hours. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that, that sounds great. Um, and so he actually taught us that process and we did it. We went through it. The first time we went through it, it worked and it was actually four hours. And so we thought, holy mackerel, maybe we're onto something here. And so over the last nine years, we have, um, I guess, refined it, rewrote it, uh, redid it. Uh, so that it worked better for us, better for our industry. Um, and it has evolved into the ninja hiring system. And quite honestly, I think if I, I think, and I think Juliet would agree with me, looking back at it, it is the hiring system we have developed that without it, there's not a chance we would have ever been firm in the future. 
um, because it enabled us to build the team that we have today. Um, and it's the team that makes us what we are. So uh, shout out to our business coach, Dan Holstein, um, for introducing it initially. And uh, it was just, it's been awesome what it has done for our business. We started doing workshops and webinars where we spoke about the process to people. And I think, Andrew, I think you even uh, sat in one of those at a, a Thrive conference. And everybody kept saying to us, you know, this is awesome. You guys really need to package this and, you know, uh, put it out there to help other businesses. And so that's exactly what we've been doing. And we're going to be releasing our Ninja hiring system in September. So uh, start to finish all of our mistakes, uh, everything we did wrong, what we did right, what we're, what has worked for us, what hasn't worked for us. Um, and we're pretty excited about it because we think it's going to help a lot of other businesses. Yeah. I, I remember being at that conference and listening to you guys speak and being um, impressed by the process that you guys had. And unfortunately, like many conferences, I took some tidbits away, but I didn't remember all of the probably critical points. So we've just gone through this whole hiring process and I know we didn't do uh, everything right. I mean, one of the things I love um, that, that really, it was not only that, you know, there's all these people have different processes, but you guys had a process that identified candidates in really unique ways that most people don't think of. Like one of the things I think, I hope you guys don't mind me sharing is the concept that you guys had of you put in the job description that people were supposed to call and leave a message uh, describing themselves. And at the end of the message, they were supposed to end with chow. And anyone who didn't end with chow was immediately off the list because clearly someone who can't follow directions is not the type of person that you want to have or hire um, for the role. And it's that, you know, that level of, of being able to intuit, you know, someone's capabilities in a very system process oriented role. And it's something that's so simple yet dives right into the heart of the character of an individual. Are they paying attention? Can they follow instructions? You know, and that's what you're really looking for in this type of role. And I just thought, wow, that is, that is a brilliant, brilliant process. And unfortunately, like I said, I forgot probably too much of, of what I learned in that conference um, for the hiring process that we just went through. And I guarantee you, I, I made a ton of mistakes. Um, but it's really interesting too, to me, how the hiring process is has evolved and how technology is playing such an important role now. Um, so we did, in this hiring process, we did none of the interviews face-to-face. Everything was over Zoom because Zoom is such an important um, part of the the our jobs and the roles and the, what we do now. And it was also interesting to be able to see people who, you know, appeared really good on paper but couldn't figure out how to get Zoom together. And I'm like, if you can't oh, get yeah. Zoom together oh, if you can't make that work. You know, you're probably not a fit for this role because <laughs> this role involves learning technology. I don't care if you've never seen Zoom before. Right. Like you've got to be able to have some basic technological skills to be able to figure out what I consider to be the most basic piece of technology. Although I still mess up with Zoom all the time and can't get it to go live to Facebook, but that's another but that's story. different, right? Yeah. But but also what it also will tell you is the people that log on early to test it to make mm -hmm. sure that they can connect. 
as opposed to the ones that log on when the interview is supposed to start and then you realize they have no sound and their, ca they, their camera doesn't work or their camera, you know, they're looking this way and the camera's on the side here. Um, so that also tells you something about how much, how much, how important the job is to them. Yeah. Or people who turn off their camera. Yeah. <laughs> right. Which I'm like, that's fine. That's your prerogative. But this is, this is, if you want to work in a remote role with me, right. you better be prepared to show me your face. Right. Right. And present your best self. Right. Yeah. Because yeah, think about it. Like if you're not going to come to a job interview, oh man, I don't know how much I'm allowed to share or can share, but we had one candidate who had clearly woken up. <laughs> Oh, wow. Like, you, you realize this is a job interview. It might be done over technology, but like, yeah. are you really getting, like, you're not going to put your best foot forward? We've yeah. had, we've had candidates show up um, in swimsuits ready to leave for, for the beach. I remember you telling me that. I couldn't believe that. We've had candidates um, show up where the camera is pointing at a, at a blank wall in their, and they're talking and they're talking to us as if we can see them. They think we can see them. We've had candidates do it while driving in their cars. We've had candidates, which, you know, you just cut off and say, hey, you got to just, we just got to reschedule because yeah. we need you to be safe. Or, or do you even reschedule with that? Like, what's oh, the Yeah, point? we just don't. We just, yeah, yeah no. just say, hey, this is over, you know. Um, we've had, you know, and we've even tried even simpler technology like Google Meets, which does not require you to download anything. Google Suites has this thing called Meets or Hangouts where you click you don't even need a login. You just click and it opens yep. and it is very challenging for people. And like you said, you know, like you, you, you were mentioning Juliet and Steve's thing of a specific instruction or something like just this, just this, just simple thing of get on video and how do they present themselves? Are they in a, a professional background environment or there, are there cats and dogs and dirty laundry lying around? Are they in professional clothes? Did they, or are they, do they feel like they're interviewing for a simple retail job? All those, all those pointers tell you, okay, these are low hanging. You can, and, and you end up cutting, you know, 50, sometimes up to 70% of the applicants right away, which yeah. is a great time saver for you. And so you don't have to wrestle yeah. through now. Now let's go back to, I think I want to take a step back first though, because in a process like this, you're making the assumption that there are going to be a flow of resumes coming to you, right? There are going to be, let's say, in a process like this, let's say for a role, you put up a role, you're going to have 50 resumes or a hundred resumes. And your goal is to filter out the best of the best yeah. out of that. Yeah. Let's go back to the, to the firm. Let's go back and give the advice to the firm owners who go, I can't, I put my, I, I put my information up. I can't even get, I can barely get any resumes. I got so, over 200, what, yeah. 200 responses to the yeah. job you put out. Yeah, exactly. And, and I, and I agree. I think there are, I think, those of us on this, at least on this, like right here, right now, present, we have, have probably no difficult time getting a number of resumes for a variety of reasons. But I think there's, there are particular reasons why when Andrew Wall posts or when Julia and Steve post, when Michael Lee posts a job opening, that we get that many resumes. What is the advice for the startup firm owner or the owner that's got one employee that's trying to get their second or third hire now? And they, they, they need to get they do need to get a, a number of resumes or people to actually apply in a competitive environment. What is the work you guys, do you think you did um, pre before as a firm uh, so that when you do post, there's 200 resumes or hundred resumes, what's the advice there um, that gets somebody that's really small 
um, to a place like that. Maybe that would be something, some place we can start um, so that we give sure. that entry level advice. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think the first thing is um, your ad, it has to stand out from the rest. You know, you can't, like, if you go on places, you know, like indeed.com or I mean, even, you know, Monster or wherever you go looking at um, ads, the vast, and, and just type in, you know, bookkeeper wanted or bookkeeper ads and see what's there. And the vast majority of them are awful. Like they're just the <laughs> same as, as everybody else does. And so why am I, if I'm looking for a job, why am I going to click on your ad if it is the same? Mm. Um, I mean, the ad is your sales pitch, right? It is, um, you know, we have to get past the fact, well, you know, people are going to come want to come and work for us because we're just awesome. Uh, no, they, you know, the beginning of the process, it is your sales pitch. It is your marketing pitch. They don't know you. They don't know how awesome you are. You have to stand out. So I think the, the first thing is we were very, very careful in how we, in fact, we spent a ton of time crafting our ad, not only to say what we wanted it to say, but to say it differently. Um, you know, I, I mean, for example, uh, one of the more effective ads, and we change it up all the time, but one of the more effective ads we have probably ever done looking for a bookkeeper, the headline, which is just like in a newspaper, right? We skim those headlines and we stop at the one that catches our attention. Mm -hmm. And so one of the most effective ones we had done was do you love being a bookkeeper? Hmm. And it was, you know, different enough that I think the first time we ran the ad, it was well over a hundred resumes. Um, and so that kind of thing, we sort of filter through the entire ad um, is just, we need, we want it to have a little bit of our personality we don't want it to be too corporate, but we want it to be professional because we don't want to be too corporate. So we try to put a little bit of humor in it, um, but it really is designed to not be a typical ad so that if they are skimming down a page, um, which is the way we all read today, that they are at least going to stop for a couple of seconds. The headline grabs their attention and they start reading the rest of it. And then it's up to the rest of the ad to grab their attention. So I think that's the first thing, the ad. And before you can craft the ad, obviously, you need to have a very clear understanding of the role you're trying to fill. And then once you craft that ad, you've got to be very, I think, aggressive, and maybe aggressive is the wrong word, but where you put that ad. Like, it's got to be everywhere. You know, from, I mean, there's lots of job sites, mm -hmm. but, you know, it's also got to be on social media, all your social channels. Uh, you must have a careers page on your website. Um, you must have a link in your email signature. You know, we're hiring. Like everywhere you can possibly think of um, to put this, you put it. 
And that is how you get a response to it. If you're just going to put a help wanted, you know, uh, we're a great firm, we pay good money, you know, uh, must uh, communicate well, must be a uh, conscientious worker, must be a great customer service, yada, 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 yada. Yeah, they all say attention to detail. Right. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> they all say it. They all must say have it. great attention to detail. Well, you know, like, I don't know, like that kind of stuff just drives me crazy. <laughs> like, team player, you need to be a team player. And I think yeah. you hit the nail on the head, Steve, when you're like, it's an ad. It's not a job description. It's an ad. And you have to treat it like an ad and try and sell your mm -hmm. business or sell this opportunity is yeah. the key. And, you know, we definitely, one in one of the areas we fell down is we actually didn't put up our ad in nearly as many places. We did it in one place, Facebook. Um, and we were overwhelmed. And, and this is one of the things, again, thanks to technology evolving and and changing is Facebook jobs is a relatively new thing. And Facebook, what they always do when they have something new is they promote the crap out of that. Um, so we had intended to put it up on all the job boards until we were literally getting so many resumes just off of Facebook. They were like, number one, we don't need to put this anywhere else. And number two, we don't want any more resumes at this point yeah. having, yeah. we're having a hard enough time weeding through the 200 that we've got no weeding no weeding through resumes yeah we well read yeah. Resume. finding those tips and those tricks for how you cut through them um, <laughs> but you know it's it is you know and we definitely didn't do a good enough job i forgot to say hey call in and say ciao <laughs> and, the, and the thing is i love that story and i'm like i forgot to do it i forgot to. um and i guarantee that my ad is not nearly as well written as, as some of the stuff that you guys did. Um, but it was still effective because it was, as Steve said, done differently. Yeah. We did it through Facebook as opposed to, you know, one of the job boards or one of the things. So th this is where yeah. the community was. We did put some money behind it. We put some ad spend behind it, but it was very, yeah. very small. I think we spent $140 in total, which is more than it would have cost us, or less than it would have cost us to put it on the actual different job boards like Indeed and, and yeah. all the different job boards. So it actually ended up costing us less than the places we had in, first intended to go. But one, it was in a different place. Two, yeah. it was in a different format than, than people were used to. And three, we had a boost from the technology providers who were trying to help us, you know, or help themselves increase their platform and increase this new tool that was relatively hmm. new. And, and the funny thing is like, you know, sometimes you stumble into luck, right? And and it, we stumbled into it because I was like, oh, I'll put it, I should put this up in social media too, right? And and when I went to put it on Facebook, they're like, would you like to do this as a Facebook job? I'm like, what's a Facebook job? <laughs> let's, let's figure this out. Um, and it just worked out well. And, and um, you know, I think that we have a unique era and time. Um, and I think that the simple fact that when you're advertising the ability to be remote, that does elevate the number of resumes that, that you're going to get, you know, Absolutely. what was very clear in the responses from people is, you know, there is a desire to have that, that freedom and that flexibility of working from home. The hard part and the point we're at right now is um, figuring out whether our interviewing process um, will be effective for screening out those people who will be good because we've been fortunate that our work from home policy has evolved from people who worked in our office and we could um, delegate that responsibility out to people as they earned it. 
And now we've got it. We're interviewing for people to work remotely. Um, and we ended up, and it's funny, like we advertised literally like across the country, you know, around the world. And of course we ended up with people, you know, who are, who are capable of driving into the office at any given time. Um, and I, I must admit that we, we do bias ourselves towards that because we're like, well, we'd love to have these people come up to our cottage for our staff retreat. And if they're in Vancouver, that's a little harder to do than someone who's here in Toronto. Um, but it's, it's just interesting that, you know, we have our own psychological preferences that we, we fall towards. And I know for me, I have to sort of somewhat fight that um, and, and, you know, not just try and find, and I think this is important, not just try and find the person I want to hang out with, but the person who's, who's good at the role. And it's, it's a balance, right? Because, the important thing is, and you guys, this is something that you guys do so well, is corporate culture is all about wanting to work with people you want to hang out with. Yep. Uh, but it's got to be people you want to hang out with who are also really good at the job, <laughs> not just people that are cool. Yep. Yeah. We're very much about the culture of the organization. And the culture is more important to us. And we learned that very early on, um, that it's more important. We can train for the skill. Um, and now with our Ninja 90 program, it's even easier to train for the skill. But even before, we would prefer to train. And, and we had one of our, very early on, before we were doing the, the um, hiring process the way we are, we had one of our, bus, our best bookkeepers that we had to let go because she wasn't a good fit with the rest of the environment. It was, she was toxic to the rest of the team. And that taught us how important the culture and who the, the personality is, and more than anything else, that's what our entire process is around. The ad, it's written in a language that is, is our language of our business. And if the person can't relate to the language that's in the ad, we don't want them to apply. Yeah. So if they're looking for something that is very corporate, um, then we don't want them to apply. They're not gonna resonate with our ad. So the language of the ad, you know, as Steve said, is very important not only from you know, grabbing their attention, but what the wording is and how you describe the environment as well. Yeah. Well, and, and I think we've always, you know, I mean, there, there's been certain principles that we've used to build this hiring system or process. And I mean, one of them, I mean, and I guess they're fairly obvious, but I mean, one of them is we want to, you want to attract the largest pool of qualified candidates you possibly can. But then next to that, we also want to create using technology, a, an automated deselection process. So in other words, I don't care if I get 500 resumes because my process will automatically eliminate 85 to 90, 90% of them without me doing anything. So what I am left with are the best candidates, but certainly the candidates who are most interested in the role. And that's what I want. So before I actually spend you know, my time, my resources in dealing with it, because many small businesses, right? It's the owners who were actually involved in the interview process. And our time is very valuable. Now we're fortunate today that we're, you know, we're big enough that someone else does it. But for the first six, seven, eight years, we were the ones 
who did every interview. And so uh, the, you know, how well we could deselect was very, very important to us. So because we wanted to make sure we were maximizing uh, or I guess minimizing the amount of time of our time we were spending on it without missing out on good candidates. And so we, those are things that have always been very important. Are you, uh, Steve, are you using, you guys using a specific applicant tracking system for this process that that you've customized or did you build something, you know, using a database or Google, Google suites or something to, to, to do this filtering process? It's, it's not that sophisticated. Okay. 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 No, I, and and, you know, I, (laughs) that's a great idea. Thank you, Mike. (laughs) (laughs) No, I, I mean, it's, again, we, we write the ad so that it hopefully appeals to the people we want it to appeal to and doesn't appeal to those that it doesn't. And then as Andrew mentioned that um, when, you know, we're they're they're given very specific instructions, basically the way it works is you can only respond to our ad one way. It has to come into an email address, one email address. They get an autoresponder. The autoresponder gives them the instructions. They must follow the instructions, which consists of an audio response to some questions, which we record the audio. So we have a tool that does that. Um, but usually if we start out with a hundred resumes, let's say just for round numbers, by the time we get through the first two levels of deselection, uh, and like I say, we have done nothing at this point. We haven't spent a minute of our time. We are usually down to 30 applicants. So 70 have already eliminated themselves and we've done nothing. And that's what I, what we love about the system is just how well and as technology gets better and more options become available with technology, um, I think we're going to be able to refine it better and better. We've introduced um, more filtering through terms of personality assessments and online testing and different things like that, that, you know, weren't available to us eight or nine years ago, but are now. Um, so it, the, the, the process continues to be refined. Yeah. And one of the things that we did this year, which was, again, it's not, doesn't have to be overly complicated is we just put together um, a Google sheet with our top 15 candidates, all the people that we wanted to actually interview. Um, and then we had in there a link to, uh, their resumes, obviously, the ability to do notes. Um, we had a um, scoring tool of one to 10 so that every person um, who was part of the interview could actually score them on a, on a scale of one to 10. Um, and then we also put in a link to the recorded Zoom meeting um, so that people who weren't at the session um, who are part of the team could go in and look at all the candidates that we did we weeded down to our top 15 um, and be able to go back and look through so that we could get input from everyone in the organization. Because for us, it's, you know, we're about the same size as you guys. We were just at our staff retreat. There was 12 of us up there. We have some remote people as well, but the core people in Toronto is about 12 people. And when you're that small, everyone's going to be interacting with everyone. 
And to me, it's, you know, we can't have all 12 people in there interviewing and, and part of that thing, but I want their feedback. I want to know, is this the type of person that you think you could work with? And being able to have that technology where everyone can log into the Google Sheet and have a look at the, um, at the Zoom meeting, look at their resume, uh, give their feedback was a really important tool for us that was just so simple and so easy to put together in a, yes. a few minutes, but really became a really powerful tool for us um, from the ability to have everybody's input, yeah. whether they watch the whole interview or not. Yeah, yeah. We, 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 we leverage a tool called Jazz HR. That's our HRS system or applicant tracking system. Um, and so all of our job ads are posted through Jazz HR to the multiple job boards that are out. And we're, we yeah. can actually increase or, um, you know, increase or uh, uh, purchase the advertising for the different job boards through Jazz HR. And then when we get resumes back, so we actually send them a thing through the system called Spark Hire, which is um, they have to answer three questions on video. So they have to record yeah. themselves on video. And so already, like, you know, just resume filtering decreases that. And then the amount of people who accept and actually don't submit a video, they'll accept the invitation to do it. And then they don't do it is That's astonishing. True. It's really astonishing, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I love I love that fact that, it, you know, creating an autoresponder creating a filtering mechanism, whether it's audio, video, some kind of instructions, immediately you've reduced your applicant pool by 70%, right? 50 yeah. to 70, 75%. Okay. And now you're dealing with the ones that, you know, you want attention to detail. Well, these are the ones that are attention to detail. Yeah. You want people who can follow instructions. These are the ones who can follow instructions. You want peep candidates who can present themselves and articulate themselves. These are the ones that can present and articulate themselves. Yeah. And now you're down to the, the kind of the best pool out of that. Um, and then, you know, moving on, moving on to the next step. So what does that next step look like now that you've gotten the audio, the audio files back? Do you listen to them yourselves? Do you have a team in India doing that? Like, what's the, what's the step for <laughs> no, you guys? No, I, I mean, we used to, we used yeah. to listen to every one of them. Uh, we, we don't now, we have someone else that does that for us. Um, and the next step of our process, once we've selected the ones that we want to interview uh, is a group interview. And uh, we do the group interview again for several reasons based upon amount of time we want to spend doing it. We, you know, if we interview 12 at one time, as opposed to 12 separate interviews, it's more efficient. Uh, however, it, there's more to it than that in that being in a group interview is a very stressful situation. And we recognize that. And I mean, we tell them that the ones that show up to the group interview, because that's another filter because, you know, 15 or 20 will accept the invite and 11 will show up. So, um, but we do tell them it's a group interview. Yes, we do. I mean, we don't try to ambush them. We don't try to surprise them. It's made very, very clear it's a group interview. But our feeling is if they can handle that stress of a group interview, they can probably handle just about any stressful situation that may come up during you know, their job. We also get to learn about their personality. How do they interact with a bunch of strangers in a room where they're all applying for the same job? Um, so we learn about their personality. We learn about a little bit about how well they communicate verbally, their self-confidence. 
Um, so we can learn a lot by that process. Um, and that's really, you know, uh, other than listening to the um, audio recordings, it's the first time where we actually spend, you know, some time interacting with the people. Um, and we have found, uh, well, we've gotten some great results uh, and some interesting stories from our uh, <laughs> interviews. So. And is that, a, is that an in-person group interview or video group interviews? It is an in-person, um, although uh, I think the next time we run it, which will be very shortly, we're looking to incorporate video conferencing. Um, again, for some of the same reasons that Andrew mentioned, you know, that that is becoming much more of a reality in our industry. And we need to know they are comfortable with that kind of technology and are able to do it. But right now, or I guess in the past up to now, it has been an in-person interview. They come to our office. Yeah, absolutely. And it's the, the, the dynamic between the individuals in the room is also very interesting. And we always ask afterwards, you know, well, what did you think of the group interview process? Have you ever attended one before? And a lot of people say how nervous they were that they, you know, they didn't like the idea. I think in all the years we've been doing it, we've only had one person that actually got up and left in the middle of it and thought he was, you know, that this isn't for him. And wow. it was insulting to him that he had to be in the room with all the other people that were applying for the job. Thank um, you. If you so if you remember, Juliet, that was one of the evolutions that we never used to say to them at the beginning of the group interview, if you were not comfortable. Right. And it was this person and his reaction yeah. that we said, okay, the next time we do this, we <laughs> make sure we include that at the beginning of it because we don't want to have to deal with that again. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but watching, but a lot of them have said that they found it interesting, you know, regardless of whether or not they got the job, they found it interesting to see how other people presented themselves. Mm -hmm. Because if you're out there applying for a job, you don't really know what the other candidates are doing. So yeah. it gave them some insight as to how to answer questions. They learned something out of the process. They also learned how not to do things. So when you're in a group of 10 or 12 people, you learn very quickly the ones that like to talk over everybody else and don't let anybody else speak. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And you don't want to hire those people. <laughs> I, I host a show with two people like that. They're, they're, they're great. <laughs> I, I love them. I love them. But, um, but so it does teach you about a team dynamic as well, even though it's a team of strangers. Yeah. I, I, I think the, so sorry, Michael, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say it. And, and next time, do you, do you ever, when you do this, do you ever have like, you know, 10 show up and you say, okay, let's vote when which five get to stay in the room for the next 30 minutes. And do you find you vote them off of the island? Have them be <laughs> no, we haven't got that radical yet. Although again, that's a great idea, Michael. I'm, I'm, I'm taking notes as we're sitting here. So that's, uh... I think also one of the reasons that I like the group interview is because initially um, when we were, when we were hiring, I would do all the, preliminary interviews and then you would bring the candidates back for a second interview and then they would sit down with Steve and I and I found that you know if I was interviewing eight people as much as I, we found that we needed to make it really clear what the job was um, that there were you had to set the expectations as to what a typical day looked like um, that it's a multi-client environment 
you know, and that's a challenge for a lot of people that some people are great at it. Some people hate it, that they like to be in one company and understand it inside and out and can't flip back and forth. So we wanted to make sure that, you know, we wanted to set the expectations. So we would spend a great deal of time talking about who we were as a company, as an organization, as a team, and then what the job was like. When you're sitting down with eight people in interview one, two, and maybe three, you're that thorough where you're giving them all that information. By the time you get to number eight, it's shortened considerably and you're not giving them half as much information as they should. So in a group interview setting, you're only having to say it once, which I loved because I was able to get everything, make sure that I covered everything, but I only had to say it once. Yeah, I love that group interview format. And again, that was one of the things I forgot to do. <laughs> I, I wish I'd had that seminar recorded or that the the hiring, the ninja hiring process had been released, Steve. I, where, where was it when I needed it? Well, it sounds like you're going to be the, uh, the the first customer, Andrew. You're gonna yeah. Have to, yeah. yeah, we'll get um, you next time, Andrew. Well, fingers yeah. crossed these new teammates work out well. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's really, that's really. So, so, after, so they go, yeah, yeah. So after the group interview is done, um, like what, what is, what does the next step look like? So at the group interview, we actually tell them what the next step is. And we ask them after they've spent, you know, it's usually an hour to an hour and a half, depending on how many people are in the room, um, that if they're no longer interested in the job, because we know we're not a good fit for everyone. And it's as important that they want to work with us and our team as we want to work with them um, to let us know. And if they're not interested, just shoot us back an email with the email address that invited them. Um, and then we narrow it down to the people that we think we want to move forward in the process. So usually if there's 10 people, we usually try for 10 in the interview, we take it down to probably five. And out of the five, we, we do let everybody know one way or the other, because now we're down to a small group and they've put some effort um, so far into this process. So we let them know that if they're successful, we'll let them know. But if they're not successful, we will also let them know. Um, we then put them through a, a bookkeeping knowledge test, a QuickBooks Online test, and a personality test. Um, they have to pass with an 80% or higher on the bookkeeping and the QuickBooks test in order to, to get scheduled for a one-on-one -on -one interview. And then we do the one-on-one -on -one interview. Do you use your own QuickBooks test or do you use one that you've Oh, come off? on, Andrew. Of course we use our own. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we use our own test. How important do you think it is to build your own test as opposed to take one of the off-the-shelf ones or run them through a cert or something like that? Um, I'm going to let Julianne answer that one. Okay, well, I'm biased. so And I'm a control freak, so I need to control the questions that are being asked. Um, I think if, if it's thorough and it covers everything that you wanted to, then you can certainly do it yourself. One of the things that we do in the group interview again, which was an evolution, we didn't do it when we started, um, is they have a three question bookkeeping related test in the group interview that they have to answer. Um, really simple questions, but what we want to see is how they're able to communicate, you know, in a written format because email is such a big part of, of the way they need to communicate with clients. So let's see how, you know, how their sentence structure is, um, 
Are they able to explain something? And the questions are really simple. That's not meant to test their bookkeeping knowledge. It's meant to test their, test their communication abilities. But from the bookkeeping perspective, um, I, think it's, I think it's important, but that's me. I don't think you're being honest, Juliet. I think Juliet thinks, not that I like to speak for her, um, <laughs> but I think Juliet thinks it is critical that you have your own um, testing. Um, I mean, obviously this is a very important process, right? I mean, these people are key to the growth of your business. And so, you know, you, I think you should be making sure that however you test them or measure them, um, that you have had some input into uh, how you do that. Um, and I think that's just how we feel about it anyway. And, and as I said, as much as we hire for fit, part of the testing process <laughs> is so that if there is a, a knowledge gap or a skill gap, but we still want to hire them, we know where we need to spend some time and test them and, and train them. So that mm -hmm. also helps us regardless of, you know, we say that you have to have 80% or hired to come back, but we have made exceptions because it was the right person. Yeah. And I think as, as people niche out and become more focused, um, you know, there's going to be things that are more important to different businesses. And, and even though we're all in the same industry, we all operate slightly differently. And, you know, writing skills might be more important to one company than verbal communication to another company uh, versus technical capabilities to another company. We're all different in tailoring those questions to what the real world experience is going to look like. Yeah. I think you're Steve's right. It's critical. And I'm had, having had enough conversations with you, I know you're being a little bit modest there or, or, uh, you know, which, um, is, yeah, it's critical. And I, I know that we all probably agree with that. Uh, I think that sometimes we all try to sometimes cut corners by going to those, um, canned or purchased solutions. Um, and I think that's, that's better than doing nothing. Yeah. Um, and I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with that, but if you can maybe take, one of those and tweak it to your own stuff that's even better is my audio cut now no 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 you sound great um well i want to honor juliet and steve's time and just thank them one for, for coming online and also not keep them up all night long i know andrew and when hector's on andrew and hector like to go to the wee hours of the morning um but just to, to, to end our time um uh juliet and steve is there you know a one uh one nugget you can give for um, the person who's just getting started in this process, they're hiring their first employee, employee yeah. number one. Um, what's one piece of nugget you could give them and uh, um, uh, that, that, uh, that, that you think, you know, if you, you had heard this back when you were hiring your first employer, you would have loved to hear. So what's like that one piece of nugget? Yeah, do everything you can not to hire yourself. That's great. That's great. Do right. Like you want to add to your business even if at the beginning it's just you you want to add to it you don't want to duplicate yourself and your own um issues <laughs> let's say you want to add to it and uh so do whatever you can um to not hire yourself and i guess mine is kind of related mine is don't have the expectation that the person that you're hiring is going to be able to do it the way that you could do it. That's great. And I had a really tough time with that one. <laughs> <laughs> That's really great. That's really great. Andrew, how about you? 
Yeah, I, I mean, it's hard to top those two. Uh, I hate following these two in a discussion because you, you know, you, you're like, yeah, those are the right answers. What, what <laughs> uh, you know, you've got to hire someone who complements your skill set who doesn't have the same skill set as you. Um, I think that you know something that you guys have said over and over again is is hiring for fit rather than for for cultural fit rather than technological fit is probably the most important thing that that we've learned over the years. Uh, we've brought in people that looked great on paper and that looked really strong technologically, you know, but when they don't gel in that environment, it's hard for you to be as effective as you can be when they do. It's not to say that they can't work out and they can't do their job, but, you know, I'm a big believer in that as a team, we are so much more powerful than our strongest individual member. And that if we don't, if we have someone who's really strong, but not able of collaborating and working together and supporting each other and helping the other team members look strong and look great, then we'll never be as successful as if we can hire that candidate. So hiring for culture is my most important tip, I'd say. Yeah. And if I just very quickly, one point on that, Andrew, we always, for years and years, it was always, you know, hire for the fit, right, of our culture. Mm -hmm. And I think recently we we tweaked that a little bit and it was based on uh, something I read somewhere that just seemed to make a lot of sense. And it was hire to add to your culture. Oh, as a that's poem. great. Um, and I thought, yeah, that's exactly what you're trying to do. You know, you want to add something each time you add a new team member. That's Love great. It. That's great. How about yeah. yourself, Michael? Yeah, I, th- <clears throat> I think that one advice is, um, and as much time as you invest in your sales process and, and getting new customers and making that a, a great and perfect process for your customers, you need to invest the same amount of effort, time, passion into um, in the way you hire. And so give as much attention uh, to it and, and, and as much investment into that employee as if they're a customer coming into your company. Um, you don't, you you spend all this time trying to find them. Don't, don't shortchange them with a really crappy, you know, onboarding, <laughs> really bad training process. So give yeah. as much time as you do to sales and marketing as you do to, Absolutely. to your employees. But yeah, this is great. This has been great. Thank you guys for coming on with us. And um, we're going to have to have you back on uh, next year after um, you've hit a huge home run with your training program and your book. And, <laughs> and we'll, we'll wait to see what other, whatever things you've launched by then. Um, so yes, we'll have can to I have... give a plug for my book? Yes, uh, of course. Only because it, okay. So it's called the Ninja way, uh, your journey, our journey to affirm the future. Yeah, not your journey, our journey. Okay, our journey. Yeah. But it could be their journey as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's available on Amazon and all the proceeds are going to the Ninja Foundation, which we're starting in January of 2020, which is gonna be a um, homeless shelter for um, abused women and children. So that's wow. starting in 2020 and all the proceeds from the book are going to support that foundation. So you can either go to ninja.net and there's a link to buy the book or it's on Amazon. That's great. Yeah, so Ninja with the K, everybody. K-N. Absolutely. Ninja with the K. Yeah. And yeah, go and support that. Buy the book. Make it a make it a massive sellout on Amazon uh, for for Julia and Steve. And, and and so glad to have you guys on. This is such so great. And you guys have represented Canada well tonight yeah. as Thanks well. So so. Thanks for having thank us. Yeah, thank, thank you for the invite. Definitely have a great weekend, guys. Have a great we weekend, everyone. You back for the next step, which is now that you've hired someone, how do you onboard them? <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Absolutely. That's the next program. Yeah. <laughs> Bye, guys. Talk to you guys soon. Bye. See you later.